When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doherty tosses it up. Charlie Curdo sets himself almost. Got his hands to it. Has it. Charlie, this is it. It rolls over and through. <laughs> this is what we came for. Ten goals in a game is a glorious feat. And for the first time, Charlie Curdo achieves it. Charlie Curdo's tenth goal at the weekend against West Coast. I'm not sure it's what West Coast fans came for, and I don't think it's what West Coast fans tuned in for on the tally. But anyway, a great effort by Charlie Kernow, very talented young player. To talk about the game and to talk about the upcoming game against North Melbourne, we have on the line Josh Kennedy. He's a West Coast Eagles legend. He's an AFL life member. I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't what you tuned in for, Josh, even though you were a forward. But anyway, what did you make of it? Uh, good morning, mate. Yeah, no, look, it obviously um, not the result that, that West Coast wanted, and, and... Seeing an opposition player kick 10 goals is not what you want. But, yeah, obviously the start, again, was, um, you know, it was disappointing. Uh, losing Barras, you know, just before the game. I think, obviously, his shoulder from that um, that fall on Rewalt last week, you know, they, they gave him every opportunity to get up and play, but was pulled out uh, the morning of the game. So, um, and Carlton to go ahead and, and kick nine goals in that first quarter, it's, um, it's pretty hard to kind of, Peg your way back. But, you know, in saying that, positive from the last half, I think they even out a bit. They lifted their pressure in contest. And, um, yeah, it was, um, I suppose, not as a big a result as, as it could have been. So take us back to the Tommy Barris thing. And obviously it's an injury that the club is aware of because it's happened in the game before. What would have been the processes that enabled it to get so late before they realised he wasn't going to get up? Yeah, well, obviously the injury would have happened. I would have done a lot of assessment early on. Um, TV, they would have, obviously, if it is his shoulder, um, I think they probably looked at a bit more concussion stuff. But, um, but yeah, with the shoulder injury, he would have been light on during the week. Um, you know, it would have gone through just getting a flush and doing some running, probably not using the shoulder as much in terms of, you know, um, con- contact or, or, or run around marking. But, um, you know, sometimes with these things, you know, if you've always got any flames and everything else, sun and sun, that can help you kind of get up for a game. But just pushing it to the last minute, he obviously had um, felt okay and there probably was still a chance to, um, as it was getting better day in, day out. Um, and generally with that, that stuff, you, you know, you always want to push your, your senior, well, not senior players, but your, your quality players, um, you know, right until the point where, you know, they either put their hand up and say, look, I can't compete today with this shoulder. Um, and, and obviously, it, it must have been getting better daily. But, um, but yeah, uh, obviously getting to the point of the morning, he would have done a fitness test, I assume, and would have done some contests, would have done some spoils, um, would have been in, in those, I suppose, situations that you were in a game. And uh, TB probably obviously put his hand up and didn't feel quite confident that he'd be able to get through the game with it. Charlie Kernow's a pretty fair player, isn't he, Josh? What do you make of him as one of the quality yeah. power forwards in the game at the moment? Oh, mate, yeah. He's yeah, exciting to watch, you know what I mean? Being so young as well. Um, obviously coming off with Coleman. Um, you know, in, in a side that, um, you know, hasn't pushed for finals yet and, and been one of those top sides. But, um, 
also having another key, um, I suppose, forward in, in Harry Mackay next to him. So a lot of ball kind of gets shifted between the two, but he, he still managed to take his opportunity. He can jump, he's strong, um, he's athletic, um, he's good on the ground and all those qualities that, that come with a good tall forward. And yeah, when, when you're on, you're on. Um, you can see in that first term, he kicked three. Um, there's a couple of, couple of good clunks there that he's able to do. And yeah, I just I just love watching. I suppose he does a lot of early work to get split, but in those contests, you just see him rise above. He's um he's got a good jump. He's pretty athletic, and yeah, he's um he's exciting. Watch that's what people go to the football. He is very very athletic. I thought Adam Simpson got his matchup wrong to start. I know that he's had to scramble because of the laid out of uh, Tommy Barris, but I felt he was asking too much when all things were considered experience, size. Um, and the likelihood of playing to a losing midfield. I, I thought it was asking too much of Brady Hoff. What did you make of that decision by Simo? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, I suppose you've got you've got Bazo, who is, is a key tall and, and generally takes you know guys like Charlie Kernow and um, players in that position. Now, Hoff, um, who's we've talked about before, someone who can play tall and small and um, maybe they just thought with his, um, you know, his athletic ability, he might be able to run with him and um, but obviously early on, yeah, it, it wasn't um, wasn't the best call. But yeah, I, watching early, I, I thought he was they were just getting mismatches. I didn't realise he started on him, so um, would have been a big, big tough challenge and a tough ask for for Hoff. But he would have took it in stride and 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 had a crack. And you know, for younger players like that, you know, sometimes it's good for the experience because um, you learn a fair bit of of quality players like that. But um, but yeah, it obviously wasn't the right decision in the end. They had to switch. Over to Bazo and then uh, and Oscar, obviously um, uh, coming back, um, you know, which is not really what you want to do. Poor Oscar, I think early days, you know, played a lot down back, filling in that role, and um, is equipped with those skills. And um, he obviously wants to play forward, and he is um, he is our key forward. But he has the ability to swing back and help out the team. So um, he's done that a couple of times this year, and it's obviously disappointing to lose him from up forward. But they needed to make that call, um, obviously with Kerner and the way he was going. How reluctant would Adam Simpson be to start with Oscar Allen on Charlie Kernow, knowing that he is probably the best matchup, but also knowing that yeah. it strips him of his best forward? What would be the yeah, what would well, be the process yeah. of thought there? Oh, it definitely would have gone through, um, you know, the thought process. The coaches would have sat around and and looked at the possibility of Tom Brass not playing and what are the options. You know, there's Brady, there's Bazo, um, you know, Bunger to an extent, and then they're obviously pulling Oscar. You don't want to. You want to start your players in their in their normal positions, and um, and also being a, a younger list now and, and looking to rebuild and um, transition that list and, and give these younger guys experience. You know, this is where they learn. Um, it's obviously not great to watch as a fan, and, and probably pretty daunting for the player stepping onto a Charlie Kerno. But you know, these are where they this is where they learn from experience. They assess their video and um, getting chucked in the deep end. Sometimes you can you can come out the other side. Um, you know, a lot better player and used to come. They weren't helped by what was going on in the middle, were they? And and in the middle, really, West Coast should have been better than they were. There was no Paddy Cripps. There was no Adam yeah. Chera. There was Luke Shuey there. There was Tim Kelly there. Was there was Dom Sheed there? And it was carnage coming out of the middle in that in that first quarter, which really sold their defenders down the river a bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Carlton, you know, and they've they've made a lot of noise about it. Uh, pressure and contest is is the is the one thing that they want to bring to their game, and they were able to bring that, um, especially in the middle, the, the pressure they put on and 
and winning that contest, um, you know, stoppage clearances, clearances, yeah, 57 to 25, you know, around the ground, 39 to 15. So they were really dominant in that area and getting it forward, obviously, which helped, um, you know, guys like Colonel up forward. So, yeah, it obviously is a little bit disappointing, um, you know, because that's something that um, your game, you know, has to be built on. Sometimes clearances can be deceiving, you don't have to win them, but that contest and pressure around um, once that ball gets off the hands of the Ruckman, you know, is pretty vital to get it in your forward half. And I think in that first quarter, I think that they went at 17% tackle efficiency. So, you know, Carlton were kind of able to run run around um, with minimal pressure, um, which as you saw with the, with the transition of footy, it was pretty free flowing ball movement. Luke Shuey, another hamstring injury, not a major one, we're told, and possibly, you know, maybe only one to two weeks out. But where does it leave him yep. in terms of going on in 2024? Oh, look, it's, it's, yeah, it is a hard one uh, to kind of call on. Um, he'll just be focusing on getting his hammy right and moving on to week to week, as it is at the moment. He's obviously had a few, and um, he had a really good uh, training building block, you know, which would have put him in good stead. Now, this is obviously a little setback, but... You know, being a little one, you, you're able to probably push a little bit more and do a bit more than actually shutting down and, and going back into that process again because he hadn't had that, you know, uh, building block before the previous injury. So um, hopefully it's only just a little one. Um, I think he's back running on, on Monday yesterday. Um, so those protocols in place for, for the hammy and, and getting, I suppose, the blood flow back into it and, and, and pushing up to be able to hopefully get some high-end pace whether it's the end of this week or next week. Um, but yeah, obviously with his history, they'll be, they'll be making sure they monitor it. But I think the the training block that he had in that period of, you know, three to four weeks, three to four weeks, um, you know, will kind of help fast track, I suppose, him getting back playing with this little one. He's no chance to play this week, is he? There was a story in the West Australian today uh, suggesting that, 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 that he was, or that he hadn't been ruled out yet. What, what would you make of that? Yeah, well, I don't know. You kind of look at, obviously, previous history and there's a little bit of risk with it. But, um, you know, the, the building block and the training block that he's done with everything else, it will come down to, I think, a lot of the strengths and um, the position of where it is. Um, you know, Hammies can be quite fairly sometimes on, on where they are. Um, if it's in a position that, um, you know, is not going to allow him to get the top-end speed, he won't be able to get through those fitness tests. But sometimes they can be, you know. Even look at, um, I suppose, Jimby with his Hammy. Now he's going for a little minor surgery, but he was up running you know, pretty much flat, flat, um, flat pace the other day. So um, it just depends on where it is. But I think they'd have a lot of confidence in, in the training block that he's done and in everything that goes around, I suppose, the hamstrings and, and the strengths and um, your conditioning with it. Um, but in saying that, you know, you look at um, with Boots' history and, um, you know, there's probably a little bit of risk in, in pushing this week, but it just depends on where that hammy, little hammy tear is. We talk about this a bit, Josh, and it's a tough call to be made at the end of the year. He's played nine of 18. He's been subbed out in three of them. What are your thoughts? Do you expect Luke Shuey to still be there as a player next year? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's going to come down to a little bit of, I suppose, yeah, well, boots and the club. You know, there'll be a lot of conversations probably going on now, I assume, um, whether that's with, you know, higher up with Niz and obviously um, talking with coaches and, and how Boots is kind of feeling, you know, is is, is like you said, nine games out of the, the 18 that have been played, had a few niggles with his injuries and, um, you know, trying to lead the club. In saying that, when he has played, he's played really well. He's 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 done his job. Um, he's led, um, you know, being the captain of the football club and, and really stood up in games that, you know, where West Coast are being exposed. So, um, 
that confidence in when he is playing uh, would put a you know would lessen that doubt I suppose um, from one selectors and and also you know himself um, and just trying to stay on the park would be the big issue. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting come the back end of this year with I suppose with Luke and a few other players on one the club's direction or you know one what they want to do. It does. And obviously with the, the amounts of money that are on um, at, at stake now, it's very difficult for a player to go to the club and say, I think I've had enough, isn't it? Really, the club has to get yeah. to a point where they think they're no longer viable. You probably got to a point where you'd pretty much milked everything out of your body. And so both you and the club probably knew it was time. But I would imagine for most players, there's a very difficult discussion takes place at the end of a season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there are always the discussions. You know, you, you, you're pretty lucky um, to be able to play uh, at the highest level of AFL, and you've, you've usually got there from you know a lot of dedication and hard work and commitment. And um, sometimes when your body keeps failing, that you know that can be quite hard to deal with. And then you look at the game, and and obviously um, there is that aspect of um, your job and, and the money you can earn and potentially you know keep going for a few more years, but. Um, you know, sometimes, yeah, the body just, just tells you um, to, to finish up and, and, and sometimes you get to that point. So, you, you, you know, as much as Luke's had a really good um, career and, you know, obviously there's that you just want to keep playing. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, in doubt in your mind, you just, you just don't want to keep pushing through. I got to that point where you just, you know, what's the point in sitting on the sidelines and getting through and trying to get up every week to play? There's that passion because you love it, but it can drain you sometimes. Is there another factor at play here too? Like if you're a young player and you're sort of like on the cusp of being in the best 22 and Luke Shuey, when he his fit plays and takes your spot in the team and then you come back when he's sore or uh, when he needs a rest and then you go out again when he comes back in, is that potentially disruptive to a young player's development if he decides to go on? Um. Oh. Oh, yes and no. Um, it depends. I think there's a lot of players in that position that have that have been through that. You know, um, a lot of players come in as a as a young kid. You know, you look at uh, Jeremy McGovern um, is one who you know Darren Glass was coming through the back end of his career, and um, Gov was you know playing the waffle and getting frustrated, and because he felt like he deserved a chance, and um, he he had to hold off. What it did, it was built you know kind of resilience in that where you can't just mope around um, and just be like, oh, I should be playing. Oh, this is, this is you know, this is bull crap. Um, you know, you, you get back on the horse every week. You keep trying to improve. Um, you might be thinking you're playing well, but there's always that another level you can go to. And that's what happened to Gov. And Gov came in and, you know, look at the career he's had over the time. Um, you know, four-time All-Australian, probably one of the best backs of the, of the decade with the way he played. And that all come from having someone in front of him and kept pushing and pushing to be better and better. No, that's a fair point. Um, Ruben Jinby, obviously season over now. You mentioned hamstring surgery, but can you um, give us some indication as to what that hamstring surgery is? Because as you mentioned, running well at training, um, clearly not uh, a tendon reattachment or something like that. But uh, what would he be having done? Well, and this is like, I don't know the exact extent of the injury, so I'm just assuming here that, Obviously, it's pretty low um, from all reports, and um, it must be somewhere along the line of kind of where the, the tendon runs into the hamstring, and there, there might be just a little nick um, that they might need to just kind of sew up and repair. So, obviously, it's not a, a tendon rupture where they're, they're full reattaching it, um, but obviously, with this, they're able to kind of just repair that line. Um, 
And like I said before, with the different positions of it, where it is on the tendon and, and you're still able to probably still run and, and get up to speed, but the risk of overuse and tiredness um, in a game and as you kept, if you kept going, you know, it could possibly make that tear a lot bigger and then eventually rupture it or tear it through. So um, I assume that it's just in that kind of line as the tendon comes into the hammy and that's what they just needed to have a little repair on. North Melbourne at home this week, Josh. What do you reckon? This is why we pay you the big bucks. Can West Coast win this week? <laughs> uh, well, I think every week, yeah, players, you know, go out to win. And obviously it's been this bit this point this year. And um, obviously North, the way they've been playing, have been, you know, obviously towards that bottom end, just like West Coast. So um, obviously start of the year, um, lost the game by just under a kick. And um, yeah, yeah, looking obviously to... Play them at home now. Um, the back end of the last quarter, last half, you know, they take a bit of positive out of that, moving into a home game. Um, uh, yeah, seven-day break, a bit more time to recover. Um, it, it, giving them every chance to play, hopefully, Brass and um, and Tom, Tommy Brass, sorry, and Jeremy McGovern are back in. Um, yeah, so it's looking looking like there's a possibility of getting the win. But, well, I think West Coast just got to stick to their process and trying to play consistent brand is, is in, in what they want to do, especially with the contest and the pressure around that. Um, you know, their scores from start, uh, from turnover have been been really good um, the last couple of weeks. So when they ability to put that pressure on and transition the footy forward, they're able to score. So if they can bring that, um, I reckon they can really get North on the back foot and, and hopefully get their second win for the year. Hey, one more, just a quick one before I let you go. Alex Witherden has really steadied his season in the back half of the year, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Widow coming over uh, from Brizzy, he, he's been in the late kick, um, you know, his whole career. And um, I think, you know, he's gone away from what his strengths are and he really need to use, need to, use, need to utilise his, his foot a lot more because he is a really good kick. And when he's got that confidence, he's really able to break the game open. And I think he's, he's settled in the position this year and, and really found kind of what his role is and, and how he needs to defend, but then also attack. And um, as we've said, We've seen with a few intercepts and um, even just, you know, turnovers, he's been able to get his hands on the footy um, and, and really kind of break those lines to help it transition down back. So it's been great to see him, um, I suppose, pick up into some form. Um, and, um, you know, that's why they recruited him to, to be a classy defender with, with skills. And, you know, you talk about, you know, Shannon Hearn, hopefully can kind of replace him as, um, as Shannon comes towards the end of his career. Okay, one word, win or not this week. Win. Win. Well done. All right. Confidence from Josh Kennedy, West Coast Eagles (laughs) legend, AFL life member. Josh, always appreciate your insights and thoughts when you come on your show. Thanks for joining us this morning. No worries. Thanks, mate.